Welcome to the Smart Business Podcast. I'm your host, Adam Imoff Flores, and the Smart Business Podcast is the place for entrepreneurs to get an advanced mindset and skill set to build and grow a business that can scale in a big way. SMART is an acronym that stands for a scalable, mission-driven business that's automated with revenue streams all run by a team. And so if you would like to learn more about how to build a smart business or get coaching, consulting in this area or done for you services, go ahead and start by getting our free smart business formula guide at smartbusinessformula.com. Hey, what's going on, everybody? It's Adam and welcome to the Smart Business Show. Today, we have a very special guest. We have Elle Crawford. She is the founder of Social Selling Lab. And today we are going to be talking about social selling mastery. She's absolutely brilliant when it comes to selling through stories, through lives, through content. If you need to be able to sell on social media, she understands the psychology on how to turn a stranger into a fan so that way they can buy your stuff, which we all want to do. So Elle, so grateful and glad to have you on the show. Welcome. Thanks so much, Adam. Appreciate you speaking to me all the way from, I'm all the way from Australia. So as you can see. I don't know if you can see the beach from here. But. <laughs> That's right, exactly. Yeah, you have a beautiful ocean background. For those of you who are on audio, I'm sorry, you won't be able to see it. But uh, Elle, why don't you kind of give us a quick, you know, two-minute background that led you up to social selling? I think you have an amazing story that led you here. Thank you. I've got a few stories, actually. So the first one started in corporate. So basically, it's kind of like a movie scene. Uh, it was a late Friday evening at about 8.30 at night in the middle of winter. When I say winter, I live in the tropics. So it was it was a little bit crisp in the weather. And I was the last one in the office. All the lights were off in my office. And the only thing glaring at me was my computer screen. So I had three in front of me. And the picture in the background was the Maldives. And I thought, I want that. How do I get that? How, what, what do I need to do to get there? So, you know, ultimately that laptop lifestyle, the travel, that dream, like really, really was in the back of my mind and I wanted that so badly. So I hopped in my car and I drove home. Now in my car uh, on the way home, I just broke down into tears. I don't know whether you know Sam Smith, um, the singer, but he's on um, one of his favorite songs is Like I Can, you know. So I was literally driving home, bawling my eyes out, singing along to Sam Smith, Like I Can. So I was like, Like I Can, like I can do this <laughs> because I felt unfulfilled. I had a hole in my, uh, in my, I guess in myself, and I knew that I could fill it, but I just didn't know how to. So anyway, cut a long story short, I got home and one of my roommates must have changed the microwave settings. So the food I put, in the microwave, it was half cold when I started eating it. And that was the final straw. I thought, I can't do this anymore. I'm living paycheck to paycheck. I'm eating half frozen uh, roast beef. And I don't know if you've ever had it before, but it's disgusting, especially with half frozen right, gravy. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> right, right. exactly. So then and there, I grabbed my laptop from my bedroom and wrote my 90-day resignation letter. And that Monday, I handed it in, only a few days later. I had no idea how I was going to make an income after the 90 days but I made it happen. So gave my notice in on that Monday. And basically my boss said to me, are you sure this is for you? Like what happens if everything fails? You know, we might be able to extend our, extend our contract, keep you a little longer if things happen. And I thought, you know what? No, I'm going to do this for me. I, I need to do it because I'm not feeling fulfilled here. So I was working corporate hours. So eight to about six while starting up my full-time 
side hustle. So I decided to do consulting for digital marketing for the medical industry. And the reason why I chose to target American clients was purely because of the time zone difference. So that meant that it wouldn't interfere, my side hustle would not interfere with my full-time job. So I was waking up at 3, 4 a.m. taking phone calls with prospective clients in America. So doctors, surgeons, dentists, orthodontists, just before my full-time work started at eight o'clock. And at lunchtime, before the Zoom days, it was Skype audio. I would sit in my car and take take Skype audio calls with prospective clients while eating my lunch. So literally, if they could see me, I would be sitting in a dodgy looking car park and just smashing down my lunch. And it got to the stage where, yeah, it was so crazy. When they'd ask me a question, I'd have to chew, chew, chew my food, swallow, and then press unmute to respond. So the hustle was real. And then, yeah, that was that was how I literally built my business. So I ended up building that business to a six-figure business within 45 days. So you can imagine on day 90, I walked in my job and I was earning pretty much more than my boss at the time. So I was I was ecstatic. I was very, very happy. Then wow. uh, a year later, COVID hit and I thought, oh my gosh, what am I going to do? Because most of my clients are in pause. Because of COVID, they couldn't afford to keep their campaigns going. So that's when inspiration hit and I thought, I need to make an income while making an impact. What can I do? So I started back on Instagram and I started posting business tips, tricks, stories, that type of thing. And then people started reaching out to me saying, Elle, like, how can I work with you? Do you do mentorship? Do you do coaching or anything? And I thought, no, I don't, but I can. Sure. Yes, I do. <laughs> so that's how the consulting CEO started. And yeah, the rest is, I guess, history. <laughs> wow. Ah. Oh. That's such a cool story. I love the fact that, you know, your story is so unique in that you didn't just quit your job. You found a different time zone to find different work, replace your income without yeah. compromising integrity of still doing the job you were doing at your work, right? Because a lot of people, they quit their job, but they're like secretly working remotely doing other things while like they're, they're, they're being paid to do another job, right? So they're like out of integrity to build their own thing. And that's happened to me actually as a CEO, like it was my biggest like pet peeve. I have somebody working remote and now they start their own company. I'm like, how did you have time to do that? It was because they were working when I was paying them to work, you know? Yeah. So I love how you didn't compromise your integrity in your transition. I love that. So keep going. What what happened next? So basically, um, once that started happening, I started coaching and, and consulting. So female business owners but more so the service-based industry. So virtual assistants, social media managers, copywriters, those type of entrepreneurs, because I saw a massive thing missing in the industry. And because COVID started a lot of, you know, a lot of females, a lot of people in general couldn't work. So they're all staying at home. So they thought, well, why don't I start a business? And that's when TikTok started taking off. Um, So I thought, okay, well, there is a way that I can use the same model as I built my first company and integrate that into a model where I can show other females how they can accelerate their business because ultimately that's what everyone wants right (laughs) zero to six figures in a matter of months so I was able to do that and it was a lot of hard work so actually I'm in my apartment now just looking around or in my partner's apartment 
And believe it or not, uh, there was four of us living in the apartment at the time in a two bedroom. The reason for that was because of COVID. So one of our friends uh, came over for lunch and never left because literally lockdown happened. <laughs> so he couldn't. And because he was on a bridging visa and so forth at the time, um, literally like the governments and everything, you know, they were disarray, not knowing what to do. So it wasn't like he could apply for an extension or anything. So yeah, so there was someone, a friend living in our in our living room for a good five, six months during COVID. So when I took calls to, um, most of my students are from America. So you can imagine I still was waking up super early hours and I still do. I love it now I can because um, I'm more flexible with my schedule. But when I started out, um, I was taking phone calls in the corner of my bedroom and my bedroom is tiny <laughs> and my poor partner because he was sleeping I was taking calls on zoom with my clients because we didn't have a lounge room <laughs> there was someone wow. sleeping there as well so I would either take it in the corner of my bedroom or literally go outside in the hallway and take my zoom meetings there so the hustle was real again and I make a joke because we've got um, one bedside table in our room. So I say, you know, on the right-hand corner, I was taking my Zoom meetings with clients and prospect clients. And on the left side, on their bedside table, I dedicated that to hosting masterclasses. Wow. So that's basically how I kick-started my business. Wow. Yeah. Amazing. Now, if you don't follow Elle on Instagram, you need to follow her. We're going to drop her Instagram handle in the description because... Her selling on social is absolutely genius. It's brilliant. I mean, you just watch her stories and you're like, you want to buy whatever you have, L, because it's just so good. But you have a psychology behind this, and I want to dive into that. And one of the things that you teach is, you know, really did you teach people how to sell how they buy? Can you elaborate on that, on that process of thinking? Yeah, sure. So the majority of uh, the demographic on Instagram is predominantly um, millennials and Gen Zs. And interestingly enough, 500 million people watch stories every day, which is crazy. And 62% of them are Gen Zs and millennials. And majority of the time people aren't in purchasing, um, purchasing, um, I guess they're not in the purchasing mind at the time. But the power with stories and the power of what I teach is through leveraging content marketing, which is using attraction marketing methods. So attraction marketing, like basically building up that relationship, showing behind the scenes, showing the raw, real you and what you can offer, how you can help them, you know, the transformation and so forth. You can explain that in your posts, in your stories, in your reels, that type of thing. And people love that. So I've developed something called Social Selling Lab, which is one of my uh, signature programs. And that utilizes the power of attraction marketing by using the psychology behind selling and showing up in your stories uh, doesn't have to be daily at least three four times a week but speaking to the camera and talking to your prospective clients and your audience about you know anything that happens in your day you know to show you're relatable you're a human being as well <laughs> you have dogs you know shit happens <laughs> you, you had a terrible day right, right, um, right. but also like how you can help them so by by really utilizing like your offers and showing them because ultimately no one knows what you have to offer until you tell them mm, and no one knows how it will benefit them until you tell them how. And yeah. So basically I, I really believe in attraction marketing and that's mm. why I guess TikTok and reels and so forth are, are taking off so well and people are monetizing them. I think extraordinarily so clear. I think a lot of times, so, you know, if you're not selling on stories, you can assume that your audience knows what you do. 
Uh, and they don't, they need clarity. I don't. And I love that exactly. you focus on bringing clarity to the audience. Now, how do you do that without overdoing it? Because at some point people are like, okay, you know, here they are selling again. How do you keep that balance between selling and relationship? That's a great question. It's all about, um, I guess, knowing your content pillars. So knowing exactly who your client is and what you have to offer them. So, you know, by having a mixture of educational content, of inspirational content, motivational content, of um, authority content that positions yourself as, you know, thought leader and a bit of selling content. So just mixing the combination of them both. That way you're not pitching, you know, um, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday type of thing. But by using that and using your call to actions, because the power of CTAs, you can't assume, as you said, people know what to do, what to, what to buy, what you have to offer. So by utilizing that method and also by um, intertwining that into, sorry, <laughs> just had a brain freeze for a moment. I'm thinking of so many things I could say, but the easiest way of explaining it is really by utilizing that. Because ultimately, even if you are in a launch phase or even if you do want to promote an offer, you need to realize that you need to promote your offer because it takes seven to 11 times before someone actually realizes that you have something to buy. And then it takes up to 27 times for them to actually make the decision to purchase. Mm, so repeat that one more time. I thought it was so powerful. Say that again. Yeah. So these are the stats that um, I'm, I'm not making up, but <laughs> they're actually, you can actually find them on the web, but it takes seven to 11 times for someone to realize you have something to offer. So for it to, you know, register. So don't think that you're promoting, promoting, promoting and spamming people out. No, they might see it once or twice. They might see it seven times, but seven to 11 times for people to register that you have something to sell. And then up to 27 times for people to really process whether or not they want to purchase from you. So to make that ultimate buying decision. That's so good. That's so It's good. fascinating, isn't that. it? It that. absolutely yes. is. Because with that mindset, it kind of gives you permission to keep going and not feeling like you're overdoing it. I think people are afraid, like, I don't yeah. want to oversell, you know, I don't want to over pitch because there is that person, right? That's like, hey, guys, really drop this, came out this, click my link, swipe up, you know, and, and yeah. I think that's like, that's a great mistake to avoid is to like, you know, know that people need to get clear on what you do. But at the same time, it's like, okay, let's, let's build some relationship. Let's show some life. Let's be a person. Let's be a human, not a robot selling all the time on your stories, which exactly I, I think is, is key. So, you know, when you're, when you're making stories, right, do you have a framework on kind of how you offer or how you pitch? Do you like to start out by connecting to your audience's dream, go into their pains and bridge to how you can bring a solution? Like what's your, what's your sales framework on how you like to sell on stories yeah it's very similar to that so basically because you can't assume that everybody who follows you knows what you have to offer or knows what you do you can't do that I always say assume if you break it down ask out of you and me <laughs> so that's why I don't like using that word per se but I think that's pretty funny but it's it's actually real like you can't just assume that people know so by utilizing that framework of you know, your content pillars by knowing exactly what they are and what you have to offer during that time, you can really use a framework, any type of framework. But what I recommend is to go through your content pillars 
and loop them full circle around what you have to offer. So for example, um, one of the first stories I tell people to say is uh, to post is about them. So talk about themselves, not just themselves, but their story, like how they got here. Like they, for example, my, they left, left my nine to five, didn't like it, felt unfulfilled, built something that felt fulfilling for me. And then boom, this is how I made it happen. So something like that, like a juicy behind the scenes. I'm a real person. I started crying, I ate frozen food. I really didn't like it. Um, and always have a call to action, like loop it back. Like if I can help you, let me know, DM me, help, and I'll get back to you. So things like that. And what people don't understand with stories is that you need to tell a story. You can't just you know, promote, promote, promote. There's a reason why it's called story. So story selling, I like to call it in a way. Yeah, that's cool. That's cool. I like it. I like it a lot. All right, cool. So, 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 so if you could break down a little bit, you know, how do you balance DMing people versus the attraction side? Because you see that little bubble on your stories of all the people who've watched you sell. Do you reach out to those people ever and say, 100%. hey, tell, tell us about that. Definitely. That's how you yeah. for that. It's all about um, analytics. I love analytics. I know I'm not a numbers person. So me saying that, anyone who knows me would be like, really? But I really do. But you need to make them get engaged. So by using um, by using polls, by using question stickers, by using the sliding bar, you can really gauge people's interest, whether they like that post or not, whether they want more information. So by using that, you can really get a gist of, I guess, um, what kind of content resonates with them and if they're interested. So for example, with the polls, I like to have fun. So instead of having yes, no, or yep, that's me, no, that's not me, I have fun. So one thing I like to tell my students is for example, when you post something um, and you wanna know like whether they're actually interested in your offer, say, yep, that's me kind of thing with a, an emoji or DM me, DM me now L with link with an emoji. So that way they have a choice. So, yep, they're interested. You know they're interested. Or they're actually wanting to purchase. They're a hot lead or they're warm to super hot, which you can convert them fairly quickly. So I don't like using the, the no per se. Sometimes I do. But when you're selling, yeah, try and keep it as positive as you can be because people love that. People really do. And when people vote on your polls and slidey bars, Instagram starts to actually show you. So then you follow up with those people. Mm. That's cool. I like how you use the analytics to kind of see in the match. Like if, if they're engaging with some of your polls and stories, then you're like starting that conversation. I love that. Exactly. Exactly right. And it's not awkward at all because, you know, they vote on your poll. Right. So that's the thing that you get into the DMs with. That's so you good. vote on my and poll. That's what marketing is, right? Marketing is, exactly. is starting conversations. And, and the faster that you can accelerate the conversations you have, the more revenue that you can make, which is great. So I love that. I love that. Okay, great. So uh, for those of you who want to learn how to sell and really master this process, like you have a great offer, you know, you are on, you maybe most likely are on social, but you're just not really seeing the followers turn into dollars. I think L would be a great person to connect with. So L, uh, we're going to drop your Instagram uh, below for them to connect with you and reach out, you know, ask her questions, ask about her, her, her social selling mastery um, because you know, or ask about her uh, social selling lab because uh, she has some nuggets. I mean, this is just in a podcast interview. Imagine what you would get being behind the scenes and actually seeing examples of how she launches, right? I think any 
price point L that you have would probably most likely pay for itself um, because you can't really mess this up if you're doing it consistently. So, um, so reach out to L and for those of you guys who are listening, share this, share this podcast with another entrepreneur who needs some ideas on generating some income, add value to them. And you can say, Hey, I listened to a great podcast today. Take a look. It shows you on how a great ideas for selling on, on social. We should do this. Um, and, uh, and also too, if you haven't yet rate this, this podcast, six stars, I think there's only five stars, but give it an extra one and, uh, make sure to subscribe to this channel. El, thanks so much for being with us. You've added so much value onto us and uh, we just so appreciate you. So thank you so much, Adam. Absolutely. To everybody listening, we'll see you in the next episode. Bye everybody.